everyone, it's Ashley Little from Wholesaling Out of the Box, and today I am joined by Jacob McPherson to discuss his personal coaching style. So Jacob, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, ooh, wow, there's so much to tell. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> just, uh, you know, who you are, how you got started with Wholesaling Out of the Box. I mean, just, just a couple of things for people to get to know you, and sure. um, okay. we'll go into other stuff in a minute. Awesome. So um, my life in a nutshell, grew up in Northern New York, uh, had a pretty fun childhood, went to college at Clarkson University. I have a, an aeronautical and mechanical engineering degree, double major. I went into the engineering field, um, more so on the manufacturing side of the house, the process improvement side of the house, project management side of the house um, for almost a decade um, after graduating. And um, started off in upstate New York, came down to Virginia in 2015, and then it was in 2018 that I attended my first real estate event. I attended one of those three-day seminars. Um, I'm sure just like many of you probably have. Uh, thankfully, I did not get uh, sold that day, and that was actually th thanks to my wife. Um, otherwise, I probably would have signed up, so I, I think I found a good one. And um, <laughs> it was about a month after that, that I had gone to my first trig meeting and I met Sean, um, basically showed up, started networking, right. And started asking about wholesaling and I forget who it was, but somebody basically just pointed and they were like that guy, that's the guy you got to go talk to. And that was Sean. And I don't know what it was, but I was terrified to talk to him for the first time around. And, uh, so I didn't actually, I didn't talk to him on the first night that I went, and uh, I, I made it a point the following month that I was going to go talk to him and uh, I was going to stop being uh, so scared about it. And I was just going to take the leap and go chat. Um, and then I found out that Sean's actually a really normal person. And just like most, I think most, most people are, right? Most business people are very normal people. Um, it's just their stature and their demeanor, right? That just comes, uh, comes off as a little scary because it's somebody who's more successful than you are. And I just wanted to understand what I could do to, um, you know, to, to not, not necessarily, not necessarily to become him, but kind of right to become as successful as he was. So um, I got really lucky because it was the following month after that, that was in November of, of 2018. And it was the following month after that, that Sean started up the wholesaling out of the box program uh, for the first time. So and then I got involved and um, started doing everything I was supposed to be doing. I had two deals. Uh, well, I had one deal officially fall through on me because I just couldn't contract up at the right number. Um, thankfully, Sean and Steve were in my corner at that time for that. I had another deal where the guy was literally putting pen to paper, um, but then they had a, a family Jerry Springer moment um, that killed that. And uh, I was respectful. I, you know, understood. And uh, unfortunately, that one didn't go through. And then after that, that was, uh, that was about six months of somewhat inconsistent marketing and um, talking to sellers and uh, learning what it was like to have those conversations and to fail over and over and over again. Um, and I left, uh, I left the real estate world for um, about eight or nine months after that. I was getting married in September. So um, I was spending, you know, marketing dollars, um, which should have ultimately been spent on the wedding. And um, so I took a break and I started to go back and focus on my personal life. 
And then um, throughout the course of the six months that I was in the wholesaling out of the box program, I had been telling people, uh, specifically family members and friends, what I was doing. And my in-laws actually went, my mother-in-law is a realtor up in uh, the Northern Virginia, Fredericksburg area. And she went and found a seller that was motivated and wanted to get out. And my father-in-law, I'll never forget it because he called me and he asked, he was like, hey, um, I'm looking at a house that we're thinking about buying for rehab. And I was wondering if you could help me uh, take a look at the numbers, the repair costs. And I did. And I told them where I would start at as far as negotiating and so on. And they went and they locked it up. And then they proceeded to do the deal and they rehabbed it. And it was a, a hell of a deal. And um, it turned out to be a very successful project. And that just lit a fire underneath me because I was just so, I was so pissed for lack of a better term or phrase. I was so pissed that I had done it for six months. I was so close to getting a deal and then I left. And there was just something that just frustrated the hell out of me about that because the thought in my head was like, I was so freaking close and then I quit. Like, it's definitely possible. I know it's real. I'm going to go back and I'm going to do it again. And I called Sean and Sean um, was super open to me coming back and rejoining the program. And um, I started marketing again. I started doing mail marketing. I became very consistent. I went out, I dug for my lists and it was within 45 days that I had my first contract and it was 75 days total. So another month after that, that I had closed. And that was a $15,000 gross profit. And that was my first deal. So, uh, and then since then, Sean had asked me to come and uh, join Full Circle Investment Group as an acquisitions manager, and I've never looked back. Okay. Well, that actually leads really well into my next question, which was, tell me about your first deal. Oh, okay. Perfect. So that deal was a tax delinquent deal. It was on the south side of Norfolk. And um, basically, man, this seller was crazy. I'll never forget this one, right? Um, so basically, I went in. Um, he had another uh, wholesaler or another investor that he was uh, thinking about working with. That guy actually gave a higher offer. Um, but I did everything that we've always talked about, right? So I had a really good conversation over the phone, really good initial conversation. I built rapport. Uh, honestly, I don't even remember that conversation was well over 35 minutes. And I think 80% of it was talking about everything but the house. <laughs> it was just talking about him and his family and his personal situation. So, and that led to the property walkthrough. And then I remember laying everything out in my head and, and even on paper. And I think I even called Sean before I went to ask him, right? Like, oh my God, dude, like I have a lead he's motivated. I hit him with a number over the phone. Like the numbers are close. Like, how am I going to go in and, and get this done? Cause I was freaking out, right? I still hadn't done it. So, uh, and you guys know me, I nerd out hard and I, I deep dive way too much cause that's how my brain works, but that's what I did. So I laid out a handful of questions. I laid out what I, what I thought the conversation was going to go like and potential questions that could come up, potential objections that could come up and, how I was going to rebuttal and handle those. And, and by the end of that conversation, I did get successfully got agreement um, to walk out of there with a, uh, basically an agreement to move forward on the house. Um, and then it was, 
even then, right, this is this is the crazy thing about real estate, because even when you get agreement from somebody, you don't really know whether or not you actually have agreement. Um, and that hit home really hard because this guy said he was going to sign for this number. And then we came back and he he wanted to renegotiate. And at that point, I was freaking out again because I was like, I thought I had it done. Now I don't. And I hopped back on a call with Sean. Sean actually uh, did a three-way call with the sellers. And um, we basically just had that conversation. And Sean was the one, I would say, who successfully got him to the table and got him to come down on the number. And we were able to come to an official agreement and got a signed contract and move forward. Um, then, because <laughs> even when this is like a no, never celebrate too early, right? I learned that early on when I had the first deal fall through. But um, even then, when we had gotten that contract signed, um, we had 30 days to get to the closing table. And uh, we were able to go out and find a buyer really, really quickly. It was going to be a new construction job. It went to one of Sean's, um, I would say, regular buyers, right? A guy that he had a longstanding relationship with. So easy sale on the buyer side of the house, super simple, um, thank God. But it was not easy on the seller side because this guy uh, turns out that he really liked tequila. And every Sunday, he would call me at like five, six o'clock at night. And he would basically freak out and say that, I don't feel comfortable. I haven't heard anything. I, you know, I just don't know if you guys are are gonna say what you or, or do what you said you were gonna do. And you know, I, I I think I'm just done, man. I think I'm done. I'm gonna go back to that other guy, that older guy, and I'm just gonna go work with him. And and I mean, that was like two weeks after we had just locked up the contract is when that first phone call came. And so naturally, right, I started freaking out again and <laughs> called Sean back. And Ashley, you were with the company at that point, so you were in you were in on those conversations as well. And uh, yeah, it was just freaking out again, right? So um, it's just crazy. All of that to say is like, you know, I, I had the first contract fall through. I quit. I came back. Then I got my first contract that where the number made sense and we found a buyer for it. And then the seller, here he is threatening to pull the deal away. So it was just like, I swear to God, like, you want to talk about an emotional roller coaster? Man, there were highs, lows, everything in between. And it was one thing to the next. And that that changed every single week until we finally went to the closing table and the and the deal officially closed. And I remember Sean telling me, he was just like, don't, it kind of like a don't count your chickens before they hatch, right? But it was the, it's not a deal until it goes to the closing table. And that was a massive lesson that I learned. And I also learned not to take shots of, of tequila or any alcohol for that matter with a seller. Because <laughs> it kind of blurs the lines of the relationship. And that was a good learning curve on that one as well. So that was my first deal in a nutshell. It was a lot of highs and lows, but thank God it actually closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was an interesting one for sure. Yeah. Um, but hey, first deal. I mean, that's all you need, right? Got through it, right? And then it was yeah. on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. So oh. now um, kind of going into the best and the worst of your deals. Like what's what's the best thing that you've experienced with your deals and the worst thing? Um, you can choose whichever one you want to go first. Ooh. Um, I think the worst thing for me is it, there's actually two things that I've really, really 
hate that just demoralized the heck out of me. Um, it's one of two things. It's either I went in and I told the seller that I was going to do something that throughout the course of the deal, we found out uh, I couldn't do, right? Or something, maybe maybe I went in and I offered a number that uh, just can't work, right? I mean, the numbers made sense initially. And then once we did a deeper inspection, we found that, well, shit, now that number doesn't work and I've got to go back and I've got to, I've got to admit that I was wrong. And then I've got to ask for a reduction because that's like, to me, that's just a really shitty feeling, right? Like I made an agreement with somebody and now I'm the one that screwed that agreement up and I have to go in and admit that and then still try to get it to work. So, and there's a lot of humility in that, right? So I think that that's one thing that I just, I can't stand doing. I hate it when I have to go back and admit to somebody that I was wrong because it's never the intent. We always want to do good business from the get-go. We always want to contract at, up at numbers that make sense so that we don't run into those issues. And sometimes it just doesn't always work out that way. And and even if the number does make sense uh, on paper, maybe it doesn't make sense to a buyer for whatever reason, because it's in a flood zone or, you know, that's what happened with the one I'm referring to. But so I think that that really, that really, really bothers me. And then dealing with the types of sellers that do what my first deal was the the i'm going to make an agreement and then i'm going to i'm going to act like i'm going to go work with somebody else and um and just that constant like pull on the heartstrings i can't stand it when certain sellers do that because you will come across them and it's one of those things where it is that emotional roller coaster and i'm thankful that i went through it the first time around because i learned how to better deal with that. So it doesn't affect me or impact me really at all anymore. Um, but that initial go around really, really sucked. <laughs> so um, those are the two worst things that I, that I would say, are, you know, it's the, it's the bad parts about um, the deals that I've done and the things that I hate the most. Uh, the best things are, I think it's really, really cool. And it's not necessarily like this with every seller. It depends on the seller that you get. Um, but when you have a really good relationship with the seller to the point where it's professional, but it's almost personal, right? So they've opened up to you and you've established what that rapport is. When you get agreement to move forward and then they thank you profusely after the fact, to me, that is the best feeling in the world when it comes to working with sellers and, and doing deals. Because not only am I, it, it's not even about the money at that point. It's not only am I getting paid to, to, you know, to have the deal go through, but I went in and I solved an emotional problem that the seller had. And there's no, in my opinion, there's no better feeling than that. So just helping somebody get out of just a, like a shitty situation that they're in. Right. And then being the reason or being part of the reason why they're able to get themselves out of that and move into a, just move into a better place in their life. Like that is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. There's no better feeling. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Um, okay. So what would you say your co personal coaching style is? Um, I don't know. Like, I like to get, I, I like to get to know people. Right. So as, as far as mentoring is concerned, you know, we have a lot of people that we work with, a lot of people that have gone through the program, but I like making it personal and I like getting to know people because it's different for everybody, right? Like Cam's experience versus Kaylee's experience versus Sean's experience, 
versus yours, right? Every single one of us are different and we've all gone through different things. And I appreciate that. I appreciate the differences between people. And I like getting to know people on that deeper level. I also think that knowing more about somebody almost helps you figure out what the best way is to, to motivate them. Right. So, because then it's a matter of like, you know, like me, like I needed the, I needed to be able to call you and Sean on that first deal on Sunday at six 30. I needed that just mentally for my own, for my own psyche. I needed that. Otherwise I would have gone insane. So I think just like building that trust, building that relationship and then gearing the program somewhat towards how that best fits you. To me, that's, that's where the magic happens, but that's just me. So I think my, my mentoring style is, I would say probably just a little bit more personal, but at the same time, that also comes with like, you got to do the work, right? Okay. You don't have time. Well, you got to make time, right? You have to go and do those things. You can't just get into wholesaling. You can't get into real estate. You can't go do anything. You can't even go to the gym if you don't make the time for it, right? So you have to set the priority and you got to figure out what that work-life balance is. And that was something that was always really difficult for me before I joined real estate and while I was going through it initially. And now I'm starting to be on the flip side of that as far as what that looks like and how to best manage time. And I think that that's really important in this game. So having those types of conversations, right? It's not just about how did your call with the seller go? How did the property walkthrough go? How did you know, like what aspects are you struggling with on the, you know, on the marketing front or what are you doing here? What are you doing there? Numbers are really important. Don't get me wrong. Numbers are extremely important. KPIs are what tell you whether or not you're on the right track or if you have to pivot. But I also want to have the conversation of like, well, what's going on in your life that is resulting in that? And, you know, what are some things that we can talk about that maybe you can implement that will help steer you down the path you need to go to get to a hundred calls a week or, you know, going driving for dollars for two hours every Saturday. Right. So it's not just talking about the surface level. It's talking about what's beneath that and trying to help solve that problem as well. Nice. Okay. So what can you help people with that maybe some of the other coaches, Sean, Cam, and Kaylee can't, or what makes you a better coach than they are without being too mean? Obviously, we all like each other a lot. If you listen to the uh, the 2020 or the 2021 episodes, we're all a really good team. We like each other, but there's some competition there. So what makes you the better coach or the best coach? Ooh. I don't really know that I am. I don't think, I really don't think I am. I don't like, I don't, I just have a different style. I think that Sean... Sean is really, really good with the 10 years of experience that he has, right? Because he's been through every single situation under the sun. So when it comes to problem solving and going to get the deal done, that's where Sean really excels, right? Cameron is great at, great at the systems portion of things. So if you are the technical mindset and you're trying to figure out what the process looks like to go and um, train a VA to go and make calls for you or to, you know, put some sort of automated system in place. Um, that's something that Cameron excels at. Um, Kaylee, I, I guess we'll find out more about Kaylee as we go. Cause I don't know enough about her and her style yet to be able to talk to it. Um, but she's going to do great things. I mean, we know that 
just based on the fact that we brought her into the company, we know we know what her worth is and how great she's going to be. Me, I think that the advantage there is it's the personal side of it. So I think that I've I had a lot of struggles on the time management side. And I had a lot of struggles with with my wife and and how to how and when to commit time to certain aspects in certain areas of my life so that it didn't have a negative impact on my marriage. Um, didn't have a negative impact on uh, spending time with friends and family, right? Because all of that comes into play. So I think that that's where if you are worried or you're concerned about what that looks like for you, then I think that that's where I would tend to excel more at. So because again, I, I want to hear about those things because I want to I want to be able to help you through that because I went through it. So and I, and I know what it's like to be in that situation. So and we all have to do it. I mean, Cameron will tell you that. Sean will tell you that. Right. You, you everybody has to figure out what this work life balance looks like. And it's personal to each individual person. So I just want to I guess I just want to be able to help people through that that need it. And if you don't, great. If you don't, cool. We can talk numbers all day. I'll talk KPIs. I'll nerd out. I'll throw on some scuba gear and we can go down the path of how many calls you made and how many, you know, how long you went driving for dollars, how many leads you identified, how many sellers you spoke to, how many walkthroughs you went on, what the contract looked like, what the numbers looked like. I can do all that too. So, but I don't really, I don't really know that one is any better than the other. I think it's just, it's a style thing, right? Who do you, who do you trust the most? Who do you feel most comfortable with? And I think you're going to get, you're going to get more out of a coach and a mentor if you build a personal connection with them and you're similar than you are with somebody who is not. Um, I think that, and don't get me wrong, that's not to say that if you have somebody who's completely different than you, that you're not going to get a lot out of it, because that's not what I mean when I say that. So I just think that if you build that relationship, people who are like-minded, right, you get along better, you share more, I think that that relationship is going to be more beneficial and you're ultimately going to take more away at the end of the day than what you would otherwise. I don't know. That's a really hard question, Ashley. <laughs> I know. They're supposed to be kind of hard. Um, yeah. but fair enough. I think that was a good answer. Um, funnily enough, no, no one else on the team is going to see anyone else's answers or hear anyone else's answers except me until these like, go live. So. <laughs> oh, shit. So when Sean and Cameron trash talk everybody else, yeah. No, <laughs> Little peek behind the curtain. Jacob's the first one recording these. So he's the first one to get to hear all these questions. Um, okay. So what are you looking forward to most about the new personal coaching that we're doing? I think just helping people in general. So they're like, it's just really cool to be a part of somebody else's success, right? I mean, I kind of talked about that when you asked me what my favorite part of the deals were, right? Or what the best part of the deals were. The best part of the deal is being able to go and solve a, a genuine problem that somebody has. So similar to that on the coaching side of the house, right? It's almost the same concept. It's it's you're new to the game, right? You're trying to figure out how to make all of this work and the things that need to happen and how to prioritize that so that you can be effective with your time and get to the point where you're closing deals, right? And there's there's so much that goes into that. I mean, it. I failed for six months and then left for eight and then came back and finally did my first one. 
And the only reason that I was able to do that is because my mindset completely shifted. But it took so long for my mindset to officially make that shift, right? So I think that watching others go through that process, especially when they come out the other side successful, again, it goes back to you. It's the same thing with the seller. There's just no greater feeling than that. So just the idea of helping a new investor, bringing them up from where they are to where they could be as far as their potential is concerned, and then watching them grow and watching them get there. I think that that is awesome. It's just awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So last thing, is there anything else that you want to say about the personal coaching that we're going to be doing? Yes. I think that, so here is, here's something that we talk about a lot that is very, very frustrating as a mentor, as a coach, as, as anybody who is trying to uh, teach and grow others. Um, I'll never forget it because Sean said it to me when I first came into the program, but it was the, if I came to Sean as a mentee and I asked a question, right? And it was, Sean, how do I do this? How do I do that? Sean gives me the answer based on what he's done and based on what he knows works, right? I mean, that's the program in a nutshell. We know it works, which is why we teach it. So, but so many people who ask questions will go and not do what the mentor or the coach or whoever it was they were asking, whatever recommendation that was, they will not go and do it. And there's nothing more frustrating, I think, to a mentor or a coach than to see that. So all that to say is that if you're going to come and you're going to be a part of the program and you're really going to learn, be proactive about it, not reactive, and go and do the things that we tell you to do. Because we're not telling you to go and do it just to do it. We're telling you to go and do it because we've done it and we know it works. And if you do it enough, you will be successful. But don't, don't just don't make the mistake of asking a question, getting an answer and not doing anything with the information. There's nothing, there's no bigger slap in the face to a mentor or to a coach. Yeah. Well, and it's hard. It's hard to figure out that line as a coach too, like helping people and people have their own lives. They're all autonomous. You know, we have to find that line, but also respect the time of the people that you're talking to. Yep. Um, exactly. And it goes both ways. You're absolutely yeah. right. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah. So that's about it guys. Thanks so much for joining us as we talk to Jacob McPherson about his coaching style. We're super excited about all of this new stuff that we're launching on our website, wholesalingoutofthebox.com. And if you join at our Hus, uh, our closer level, excuse me, uh, then you get to have these personal coaching calls with Jacob or Sean or Cam and eventually Kaylee. So look out for that and we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Thanks guys. Hey everyone. It's Ashley with Wholesaling Out of the Box. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We've got a lot more content coming for you on your podcatcher of choice, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all of the above. So we'd really, really appreciate it if you would be willing to write a review if you have the time today for us down on whatever, wherever you're listening to this, because reviews help us so much to get in front of more people. And it lets us see what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, 
what you're interested in, things like that. So give us any kind of feedback. Sean and I are always saying we like all feedback, all uh, constructive criticisms so that we can get better, so that we can give you the content that you're looking for. So if you could leave us a review, that would be magical. And that's, that's it. Thanks for listening.